Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen, amen. Give some glory to God, amen, for what he's doing in Numa. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand with me this, this morning? And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of, of 2 Chronicles chapter 2, <clears throat> verses 1 through 9. Amen. And when you have it, give me a, a good amen. Amen. <clears throat> I, saw, I saw on Facebook this, this past week that, that, we, uh, that we have officially, my, my wife and I have been uh, lead pastors for, for four years now of this church. Amen. That time just flew by. And uh, I, I praise God for everything that he's been, he's been doing since then. I praise God for this church. Amen. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> before we get into the word, last week, um, last week, the, the, the sermon that, that God spoke, uh, good grief, um, I, I just, I feel it, I still continue to feel it on my, on my heart and on my spirit, man. Um, a lot of people reached out last week and and uh, they expressed just the, the fact that they they needed to hear that word, and um, you know it, it's obviously I'm just like I said last week I'm just the messenger. Um, this this is God speaking, but um, if if you're ever blessed by by any word, man, share it. If share it with somebody that you think could uh, could benefit from it, uh, can you know can have their lives impacted by it. Um, and uh, I would I would encourage you if you haven't listened to it, uh, go back and and, and listen to it. Um, we have we have a podcast, Numa Church podcast, or on on Facebook or YouTube. You can you can catch any of those sermons. But um, I just I feel that 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 weight is on so many people of of not being not giving God their whole hearts because of of, of grief and shame that they feel. Um, so so check that out, Amen. But anyways. If you're ready for this word, you have it? 2 Chronicles 2, 1 through 9. And it says this. It says, Now Solomon purposed to build a temple for the name of the Lord and a royal palace for himself. And Solomon assigned 70,000 men to bear burdens and 80,000 to quarry in the hill country and 3,600 to see, uh, oversee them. Solomon sent word to Hiram, the king of Tyre, as you dealt with, my, with David, my father, and sent him cedar to build himself a house to dwell in, so deal with me. Behold, I am about to build a house for the name of the Lord, my God, and dedicated to him for the burning of incense and sweet spices before him and for the regular arrangement of showbread and for burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbath and on the new moons and on the appointed feasts of the Lord our God uh, as ordained forever for Israel. Verse five says the house that I am to build will be great for our God is greater than all gods. But who is able to build him a house since heaven, even highest heaven, cannot contain him? Who am I to build a house for him except as a place to make offerings before him? Verse 7 says, so now send me a man skilled to work in gold, silver, bronze, and iron, and purple, crimson, and blue fabrics, chained also in engraving uh, to be with the skilled workers who are with me in Judah and Jerusalem, whom David, my father, provided. Send me also cedar, cypress, and algum timber for Le from Lebanon, for I know that your servants 
uh, know how to cut timber in Lebanon. And my servants will be with your servants to prepare timber for me in abundance for the house that I am uh, about to build will be great and wonderful. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word that you've spoken, my God. And I pray, Lord, that it, uh, that as, as I have received it from you, Father God, that, that your Holy Spirit would deliver it and, and we would receive it as a body, Father God. I pray uh, that I would be sensitive to your spirit, my God. Whatever you want to say, Lord, I pray that it be said this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Go ahead and, and take your, your seats this morning. <clears throat> Today, um, if, if maybe you've noticed, um, we didn't pick up our offering we're turning in our first fruit offerings to the Lord. We'll, we'll do that towards the end of service. And uh, once, once again, this idea of first fruits is directly tied to the Old Testament. Um, the Israelites were instructed uh, by God to give the first fruit of their harvest. It's, it's basically described as uh, kind of a God's cut for, for allowing us to receive of the blessings that he provides for all of us. And so Exodus 23, 19 says, the best of your first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Uh, so it, it was an act of obedience. It was also an act of faith and trust that God would continue to trust for his people. Um, now, when we talk about first fruits, you can make the argument, and I've made it before, that this command isn't directly applied to us. This was a command given to Israel in a specific time. It wasn't given to the Gentile nations. We're considered Gentiles. We don't even live in an agrarian society anymore. And anything that I would plant, I would probably kill. And so I'd probably bring God my dead harvest. And so like when we think about it, it was an Old Testament law. Why do we, why do we observe it? It's, it's the principle that we adopt from, from what God commanded God has always honored sacrifice. Amen. Before this was even given as a command to Israel, we see this uh, principle applied in scripture to, to Abel. Abel was commended for giving God the best of, of his animal sacrifices. Cain, on the other hand, was recognized for not giving God his best. And so, you know, we're not going to do it in the exact same way that Israel did. Uh, we're also not going to Treat it as a ritualistic practice, but the principle that we're adopting here is sacrifice. God honors sacrifice. And one of the hardest things to sacrifice is usually the thing that we don't have much of. And look, my sermon isn't about money, okay? I talked about money a few weeks ago. Um, but, but just give me like three, three minutes real quick to, to talk on this issue. Are you ready to receive it? Y'all are quiet. Y'all, y'all got real quiet after worship, man. What happened? I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Okay. Look, we, we, we show, listen, we show devotion to things that we put our money in, right? What we, what we care about, the things that we like, sometimes the things that we love, we put our, we put our money there. And so if, if you have a house full of all this nice stuff, but you're giving God scraps, that, that tells you how you worship God with your money, Right? Maybe you don't have much money, barely make ends meet, and you're like, well, the government wants my money, dependents want my money, my children want my money. Why does God need the little money that I do have? It's not that God needs your money. God doesn't need your money. 
God doesn't need my money. It's not like we gather here on Sundays and be like, all right, guys, God, God needs our help. You know, let's, let's, let's gather some money for him. No, no, no. It's, it, God doesn't need our money. Um, it, it's, it, it's about having a kingdom-minded mindset. A kingdom mindset that wishes to expand the kingdom of God here on earth. That's what it's about. Because God doesn't need money. Heaven doesn't need money. But local churches do. Missionaries do. Ministries don't run on just good faith. Right? And so when you show God devotion through your offering, through your giving, you're showing him that you care about his kingdom here on earth. It's about what you're investing into the kingdom of God. And it's not even about the amount of money that you give. Just like it's not a, about the, the, the amount of chapters that you read of your Bible every day, whether it's five chapters, one chapter, ten chapters, whether you pray one hour, two hours, 30 minutes. It's about giving God the best of what you can give him. My best might not be your best, and your best might not be my best, but give God with your excellence. That's what I want to talk about this morning. We're not talking about money. We're talking about excellence. Excellence. Somebody say excellence. I've been waiting for a while to, to bring a sermon on excellence. I just hadn't had the opportunity. I think God had some other things that he wanted to say first. But today we're going to talk about excellence. And I entitled my sermon, Excellence. There's nothing, nothing creative about it today. It's just, there it is. It's excellence, okay? I didn't feel like trying to come up with something catchy. Um, but it's just excellence. And also, I don't think that this word is anything that's going to be you know, revelatory. Um, I don't think it's anything new. You know, I think, I think if you were to ask any Christian, should they be giving God with excellence? Pretty much everybody's going to say, yes, of course. So I think I'm preaching to the choir today, but sometimes the choir needs to be preached to, right? Sometimes we need to be reminded of, of a lot of these things. And we all know that we need to give God excellence, but how much of what we actually give him is really out of excellence, Think about that this morning. Is what you give God presented to him with excellence? I wanted to share this passage of scripture because I think it paints the, the perfect picture of what it means to give God with excellence. Solomon, he had this goal in mind to build something great and wonderful for his great and wonderful God. That's what he says. I'm, I want to build something great and wonderful for my God. And so the Bible says that he hires these skilled workers. Somebody says, someone say skilled. skilled, skilled workers. He wasn't looking, you know, for just someone off the street. Be like, Hey man, you think you could get this job done? Yeah, I could, I could YouTube it. You know, I could figure it out right now. He, he, he wanted skilled workers. He wanted the best of the best. He also didn't want to cheap out on, on material, right? He wanted the best materials available. He wanted to give God the best of what he could possibly give. Now for Solomon, this makes sense because Solomon was the wealthiest man in his day. This, this was a king and he had resources. And so out of his abundance, he gave in abundance. He had the, 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 the heart of his, of his father, David, David, remember what David said to, to King Aruna? He said, I'm not going to give God something that costs me nothing. Why would I give God something that costs me nothing? I want to give sacrificially. And that, that was the heart of Solomon. I want to give God the best of the best. And so, look, this isn't to say that, that if you want to give God your best, you have to hire the best of the best. 
I'm not saying that you have to use the, the finest materials available, but, but you should give God the best of what you can give him. That's what it is to give God with excellence. So is, is what you are giving to God great and wonderful according to what you can give? Solomon wanted the best that he had to go to the temple of God. He said, my God deserves the best. And if I can't give him the best, I'll at least give him the best of me. I love what verse six says, because it it speaks to the humility of Solomon. Solomon was literally the richest guy alive. He was a king. And he says, uh, who is able to build him a house since heaven cannot even contain him? Who am I to build a house for the Lord? Solomon acknowledged that that even though he may have had more than anybody else in the world, it was still not enough for what really God deserved. But he reasons, well, if I can't give God the best, I'll give him my best. If I can't give him the absolute best, I will give him my best. And, you know, I'm sure some people thought it was a little over the top. You know, like, come on, Solomon, do we, do we really need the gold? We can't use the bronze, right? Like. Do we really need that? Do we really need the Sidonians to cut the timber? If you read uh, First Kings' account of this story, Solomon demands the Sidonians cut the timber because he says the Sidonians know how to cut better than anybody else. They're they're the best of the best. Come on, Solomon, I got I got a Theo, bro. I got an uncle who can who can cut pretty well. He's like five minutes down the street. I'll call him up here. He'll be honored. He'll be here tomorrow. You don't have to get the Sidonians. Come on, man. Solomon, Solomon was a total perfectionist on this project. And if you ever worked with a perfectionist, <laughs> I've been, I've been the perfectionist at times, but if you, if you've ever worked with one it's the worst, right? If you're a perfectionist, just know people don't like to work with you. They don't like it because you, you want everything done a particular way. You don't give people autonomy and you give people uh, uh, assignments and you tell, you delegate, but then you, you delegate, you, you, you want to micromanage how you uh, assign them to, 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 to work. And it's, it's the worst, man. Nobody wants to work with you. Nobody wants to work with you. This is like a side sermon, right? But that was, that was, that was Solomon. That was, he was a perfectionist on this project. But you know what? It was Solomon's task to do it. God told David, your son will build, will build me a house. Your son, not you, David, your son will build me a house. And so Solomon took this responsibility to heart. This was his task. And if he was going to do it, he was going to do it the best way he knew how. So are you giving God your best? I think today it's so easy to give God less than our best. Yeah. It's just, it's just easy. Like if you, if you teach a class on Wednesday night and you show up unprepared and you're like, man, I didn't have any time today. So you, you just sit there and you're like, you read through the passage. You're like, I, I got it. That's not giving God your best. I mean, it's, it's not, if you're, if you're on the worship team, and you don't know the songs, you don't know your parts, you show up, you're like, what, what are we singing today? You're not giving God your best. If I'm preparing a sermon and I don't, I don't know what I'm doing and I just use the excuse, well, 
I'm just gonna, I'm just, the Holy Spirit's gonna do it. That's laziness. You're not giving God your best. And, and this has a trickle effect because when we diminish, when, when, when we begin to diminish the excellence that we're supposed to be giving God, that creates an overall devotion to God that is mediocre according to what you're able to give him. You hear me? You hear what I like, like if you're comfortable giving God just okay, your relationship is probably going to be just okay. Like if you have enough mediocrity in your service to God, you'll probably have a mediocre relationship with God. I, I don't know. I know that this is harsh, but it's true. Right? Like if you find, if you find that you're mediocre in your prayer life, if you find that you're mediocre in your study, if you, if you find that you're mediocre and you're coming to church, you know, ah, I'm going to come to church if it's, if it's not raining too much, right? Then I'll come to church. I'll come to church if I feel like it. If, you, if, if you're mediocre in your commitments to God, if you zoom out of all of that, you're going to probably find that your entire relationship with God is mediocre because you've been giving him mediocre parts of yourself. You haven't been giving your best. God wants your best. I think God deserves your best. God deserves better than your best, but you can't give better than your best. So give him the most that you can give. Give him the best. Give him with excellence. God deserves the best. Just like your spouse, they deserve the best of you. Your kids deserve the best of you. You know, I, I as, a, as a husband, I, I fall short. When it comes to giving my wife my best, sometimes I, I miss the mark. You know, uh, this week she, she asked me to, to call our, our insurance provider because we had an issue with, we, we just, she couldn't log in. She's like, can you do this? I was like, I guess. <laughs> and I drug my feet for three days, three days. And I didn't have a good reason. I just didn't want to be on hold. I just hate talking on the phone. Like if there was a text option, I would have been on it. Right. But I I drug my feet for three days and she would get home. She'd be like, did you call the insurance? And I'd be like, no, (laughs) three times. I didn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't giving her my best. And, and if I give her too much mediocrity as a husband, if I, if I never give her my best, I might be a mediocre husband. It's, it's a combination of all these little things that if you're not giving God everything, you're not giving God everything. You're not giving God your whole heart. And I think that uh, this is very apparent in our culture where we've gotten so used to convenience. And if we're inconvenienced by anything, then we just choose not to do it. It's just easier not to do it. This is why some of you, when you go to the gas station and the pump isn't working, instead of going to check another pump, you go across the street to the other gas station. Because you don't want to be inconvenienced by the possibility that the other pump is not working and then you're going to get frustrated again and then you just, it's easier to go across the street. And, and, and so this, this convenience culture has created a lazy culture of people and that's made way into the church, lazy culture of Christians. So we don't always give God excellence. We intend to. We make the New Year's resolutions I'm going to pray more this year. 
I'm going to study harder this year. I'm going to go deeper with God this year. I'm, I'm going to grow this year. I'm going to be fired up for God. I'm going to get more involved in my church this year. And then at the end of the year, we're making the exact same resolutions because we failed to give them our best that year. We always just show up giving God fair. And I know everybody knows this. I know I'm preaching to the choir today. God deserves the best. He deserves better. You know, I, I think, um, I believe that when I prepare a sermon, when I, in my study time, in my, my prayer time, in my saying, God, what, what do you want me to speak to your people? I believe with all my heart that I'm, I'm giving God my best in those moments. Like if you're expecting anything better, this is it. Like this is, this is as good as it gets. This is my best. I'm giving God my best because I don't want to give him anything less than that. And, and you know, if there's a Sunday where, where I feel like I'm, I may not give God my best, I usually ask somebody else to preach. Like um, if I'm going to go out of town and I, I'm not going to have enough time to, to, to get into the word and, and prepare for a sermon, I'll have somebody preach that Sunday. If I got a lot on my mind that week and, and I, I just, I, I need to clear my mind, then I'll get somebody else to, to preach because God deserves my best when I'm up here and, and the church deserves their pastor's best as well. And so this week I was, I was having a, I was having a busier than normal week. And I was, I was kind of having a, a little bit of a stressful week, if I'm honest, pretty, pretty stressful this week. And, and so I, it was Wednesday and I text, I text pastor Renee. Where's he at? Yeah. Pastor Renee. He's here somewhere. Oh, there you are. And I'm like, Hey, pastor Renee, man. Uh, I know it's Wednesday. Um, I know it's a real short notice, no pressure, but can you preach this week? And uh, he told me, yeah, kind of. Like he, he didn't say kind of. I read the kind of through the lines. <laughs> um, he was like, yeah. Um, and, and thankfully, my, my, my Friday cleared up, so I was able to give my, my sermon that, that day. So I was like, never mind, man. But I, I don't want to give God less than my best, especially in the things that he's called me to do. And so I, I feel that when it comes to, to, to preparing the word of God and delivering the word of God, I feel like I, I do it with everything that I, with, that, that I can. I, I excel at it for, for what I have to give. But, you know, sometimes we, we get a little bit snobby with the things that we feel like we're good at. And we judge others because we feel like they're not giving to our standard of excellence. Like, eh, he kind of took that whole passage of scripture out of context. He probably shouldn't have preached that. Or, eh, I, I could have, I could have sang that better, right? Or, eh, they're always so late to church. I'm always on time. Criticizing the person that's got four kids. You got no kids. I'm on time. We become critical of, of, of other people when we feel like we excel at something and others don't excel at it as well. But as I was, I was thinking about this word, I, I wondered to myself, because, you know, God, when God speaks, you know, these, these sermons, like, it, it, it causes you to really reflect on it. And so I was, I was happy with the word. I was like, yeah, God, we got to give, we got to give excellence. And yeah, God, yeah, Holy Spirit, we're going to, we're going to get them this week. We're going to challenge everybody to give with excellence. And then I started to wonder, and I think it was the Holy Spirit who convicted me. I was like, do I give God excellence in the things that I don't naturally excel in? Do you, do you give, do you give, do you give excellence to God even in your weakness? Anybody? 
Or do we just say, I'm just not going to do it. There's a story where Jesus commends this woman who has two coins. And, and she's, she's dropping her offering and the offering plate. And she's in the midst of all these, all these men who have money. And they're dropping in Benjamins. And she comes with her, with her little love offering and she drops it in there. And, and, and she stands out to Jesus. And he says, she gave out of what she did not have. She gave money when money wasn't something she was good at. Some people are great at making money. You excel at making money. You have a good paying job. You get your profitable business. And so because you excel in that, you give in excellence. But can you give God excellence even out of your weakness? That's what this woman did. She wasn't good at money. She wasn't good at making money. But she gave her best even out of the thing that she struggled with. And now maybe you're saying, well, how can I give God excellence when I don't excel in it? How can I give God excellence when there's none to be given? You know, most people think that if, if you're just, if you don't excel in it, if you're not good at something, just don't do it. And generally I agree. Like if you can't sing good, you know, don't, don't sing on the worship team, right? You can sing, you can sing down here with the, with the peasants. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like ministry is to people. Okay. And so imagine you're trying to sing a song and you're trying to draw someone into the presence of God, but man, you're driving them out to church, bro. <laughs> but God, don't, God doesn't care if you're in your car, you're in your shower. God, it's, it's a sweet sound because you're doing it with your heart. Bless her heart. Bless his heart. And so generally I would agree if you're not, if you're not good at something, just, just don't do it. Like if you're, if you are fearful of, of public speaking and God hasn't called you to preach, maybe don't pursue preaching. But what about when God actually requires something of you that you naturally struggle with, that you have no way out? Do you do it or do you not do it? Because there is a lot that God will require of you, even though you don't excel at at doing it. Reading his word is one thing. We're, we're, we're being real practical today. I know this is not a Pentecostal fire message, okay? Reading his word is something. Reading the word of God, that, that's how you get to know God. That is the way that he chose to reveal himself to humanity was through his word. And so if you're saying God, but it's because I don't like reading. My eyes get dry. It's, it's not just your word, it's everybody's word. I don't read anybody's book. Don't take it personally. That's not an excuse. Just because you don't like reading, it's, it's, not, it's not a good enough excuse. Give to God even out of your weakness. If, if it's prayer, because, you know, part of the Christian, God will require you to do things and give, give him your best even out of your weakness. And God might even call you to do something that you're not even good at. God called Moses to be the public voice of the people when he said, God, do you hear my voice? I got a, I got a speech problem. I got a stutter problem. And God still called him. And so, you know, sometimes God will provide an errand for you. Other times he won't. Other times you just got to suck it up and you just got to give God your best with what you've got. And a lot of times 
I think that we don't give to God because we fear that it's not going to measure up to someone else's gift. Or, or, or we think that it's not going to make a difference. There's people in the room. You haven't given to God because you're like, what difference is it going to make? There's, there's people who, who excel at this. They don't need my help. And so you don't give because you're afraid that your offering isn't going to be as good compared to somebody else's offering. And so you don't offer anything to God. Imagine if the poor woman who had this, you know, these, these, these two little coins in her hand, watching all these men with their fancy attire and their dope sandals and, 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 and their, their snobby demeanor, right? Dropping in all this money. Imagine if, if she chose not to give out of fear of embarrassment or because she was like, what, what, is, what is two cents going to do? There's, there's a million dollars in that offering bucket. There's going to be a million dollars and two cents if I give. It's not going to make a difference. But she didn't allow her poverty. I want you to hear me. She didn't allow her poverty to stop her from giving. Even though it wasn't the best, it was her best. And, and so maybe you don't, maybe you don't uh, pray like some of these people uh, pray at the altar call, these men and women of God that you see and they're praying with power and authority and they lay hands and, and there's deliverance. Don't let that stop you from praying your best prayers to the Lord. Your family will still benefit from your best prayers. Don't be a dad who doesn't pray for your family because you're, you don't pray like Pastor Brandon or Brother Larry. You don't pray like Sister Heather. Don't, don't let that stop you from giving God your best. Maybe you don't have the faith of the Shunammite woman. Maybe you don't have the faith of the woman who had the discharge of blood, who said, if I just touch the fringe of his garment, I'll be saved. Maybe you don't have that type of faith. So you're like, you know what? I'm just not going to have any faith. No, no, no. Give God the best that you have to give, even if it's a little bit of faith. Jesus said, even with the faith the size of a mustard seed, I can do something with it. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. Present to God the best that you have. God doesn't require the best. He requires your best. We're so, we're so, we're just, we're, we're, we're in our heads all the time. We're in our heads all the time. We, we serve the invisible God, but we serve in front of visible people. And so because we serve in front of visible people, we look at their offerings. We look at their ministries. We look at, we look at how well he preaches a sermon. And so we're like, I can't, I can't measure up. But if God has called you to give, you don't have to preach like Bishop T.D. Jakes. But if God has called you to be a preacher, you better preach that word. Because somebody needs to hear it and somebody will be blessed by it. But we just, we just don't do it. It's time to stop taking advantage of the kindness of God. Oh, he gets it. He understands I'm not, I'm not good at this. He knows my heart. You can still show up. You can still show up on time. You can still try. You think, you think that Jesus was good at dying on the cross? I think he, he was good at it. He had experience. You think that Jesus was good at taking on human flesh when he was completely divine for eternity past? You think that he was good at taking all of the weight of humanity's sins on the cross when he was sinless? 
He wasn't good at any of that stuff. But he did it. He gave everything. And it changed the world. You still with me? All right. I like this. There's, hear me on this. There's always a first fruit offering to give in anything that produces harvest. I'm, I'm speaking spiritually here. I'm not talking about monetary first fruits. In anything that produces a harvest, there is a first fruit to give. Anything that produces, you have something to give. So if God wakes you up and, and you're giving a new day, you have a first fruit offering to give. If God has allowed you to have a job and make some money, you have a first fruit offering to give. If God has allowed you to have children, you have a first fruit offering to give. The Bible says in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do heartily, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. Do it for the Lord and not for man. A lot of times our ministry is done to impress man and not God. So a lot of things we do, we work to impress man because we're going to hear man's approval or disapproval. We don't always hear it from God. That's why we say, oh, God understands. He, he hears my heart. But the, the Bible said, Paul is saying, in everything that you do and all you do, do it as if you are presenting it to the Lord. I mean, imagine if we really lived this way where everything that you did had to pass like an inspection test before, before, before God, before God to anybody else. Would you do things differently? Paul, Paul is saying in everything you do, you do first to God. You present it first to God as a first fruit offering. So husbands and wives, let's talk about this relationship for a second. Your marriage produces something. It produces a harvest. It produces blessings. It's a blessing to be married. Blessings of children, blessings of, of, of love, blessings of you get to spend the rest of your life with someone. There's many, many blessings. Literally the first gift given to man was also, was also a burden, but it was a gift nonetheless. The first gift given to man, and the men say amen, right? The first gift given to man was the woman. And I'll tell you what, Adam was impressed by it. Oh man, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That, woo, she came from me. The first gift given to men. Proverbs 18 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. It is a blessing to be married. It produces a, a harvest. And so, if you present your marriage to God first, would he be pleased with it? Look at the state of your marriage today. Look at how you talk to your wife. Look at how you speak to your husband. Look at how you love each other. Look at how you argue. Look at how you give yourselves to each other. Present it to God. Is God pleased with it? If you've been a poor husband, if you've been a poor wife, if you're verbally abusive to each other, if your kids don't come before your work, you're not giving God your best in those relationships. Because to give God your best 
in marriage, at the very least, means loving your wives, wives honoring your husband. You are guiding you, 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 are, you, are, you are guiding your family as the priests of your home. You respect one another. You don't give up when things get a little bit hard. That's giving God your best with your family. What good is it to, to excel as a minister but fail as a husband? What good is it to, to, to excel in the eyes of people and, wow, he's, he's the greatest singer. She's a great preacher. He's a great teacher. Wow, what, a, what an awesome pastor. But you fail in your family. See, a lot of times we just we think about the things that we naturally excel in. Oh, I'm great at this. So I'm going to give it to God. God wants you to give him your best even in the things that you struggle with. Maybe it's been hard for you to be the best father. Maybe you struggle with it. Maybe you, have, maybe you have an awkward relationship with your children. And so you're like, it's so awkward. I, I'd rather just step away. No, give God the best that you can give as a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife, as a child. In everything you do, Paul says, and all you do, do it as if you are doing it unto the Lord. If you work, don't be a lazy employee. Do it as if you are doing it unto the Lord. Excellence exceeds ministry. It covers anything that can be given to God. I'm about to, I'm about to end. I'm going to have the worship team come up. But I just, I, I just want to present that question this morning. Are you giving God excellence? The, the, the parable of the talents, I'll close, I'll close with this. The parable of the talents, it kind of summarizes this whole, this whole message. The parable is about the kingdom of heaven, right? There, there were three servants, three servants who were allotted different sums of money. The Bible says, according to their ability. One was given five talents, another one was given three talents, one was given one talent. It, it's, it wasn't about the money. Right. It wasn't about the money. Again, so many times we look at we look at our lives and we look at other people's lives and we're like, God, why did you give them wealth? And I'm over here struggling to barely make ends meet. Why why does she have more than I do? Give me more and I'll show you more. God gives accordingly, just like the spirit gives gifts according to how he sees fit. Lord, how come I can't get the gift of prophecy? Lord, how come I can't have the gift of healing? Those are the cool gifts, maybe, but they're not necessarily better. The best gift, listen, the best gift is the one that you have. You, you, don't, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Oh, man, because I, as ministers, as ministers, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'm speaking personally here, but as ministry, I admire some, some, some of these, these prophets like, man, look, look at how God uses him. These people who have healing ministries, you just don't understand it. Like what the, when I'm preaching, you have to understand it. It can't not make sense. If it doesn't make sense, you don't get anything. But what these, with, with, with some of these ministries, with some of these gifts, it's like the Holy Spirit is working in a way that you don't understand. And I'm like, God, why can't I have this gift? The best gift that you have is the one that you have. God didn't, God didn't want me to have a gift that I don't have. So why chase something that I wasn't meant to have instead of working on developing the thing that I do have? 
Everybody here has a gift. Everybody here has a blessing. Everybody here has a calling. You have been given. Maybe, maybe it's only one talent. But it was meant for you. It's got your name on it. Maybe it was five talents. Praise the Lord. But what you have was meant for you to give it to God with excellence. This parable is not even about money. It's just Jesus uses it as a metaphor. The message was about what the servants did with what was entrusted to them. Every believer is, is, is given something in this life. You're given something. Even if it's air in your lungs. You give it back to God. Whatever it is, you give it back to God. If it's a voice, you use it for the Lord. If it's hands, you use it to serve the Lord. If it's feet, use it to go where God calls you to go. We're all given something. You, you have something in your possession. It might not be what I have. It might not be what Pastor, Pastor Danny has, what Pastor Brandon has. But it's what you have. And it's what God meant for you to have. In that parable, the first two servants, he he gives one five talents. He gives one three talents and they come back. And the master says, where's, where's my investment? And the man with five talents, he says, here, here's your five. I've also made you five more. 100% return. I did something with it. The guy with three talents, he comes, here, Lord, here's my three talents. I made you three more. He didn't say, you could have 10 talents from me if you had given me five talents to begin with. He said, here, here's, here's your three, here's three more. And then the one that was given just one, What did he do? He buried it. He did nothing. He did nothing. The Bible says that he was, he was fearful that he would lose it. So instead of trying, instead of working hard, instead of working smart, instead of trying to figure out something, instead of even just putting it in the bank so that it collects a little bit of interest, he did nothing. What are we showing for the gifts that God has given to us? I long to hear the words that Jesus or the master told his two servants, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. I don't think I long to hear any other words from Jesus, but well done. You lived through this life of hardship and trial and evil. And you've had periods where you had an abundance and you had periods where you had nothing and you've gone through storms and and, and you've gone through valleys. And you're here standing before me with something to show. Well done. 
God has given you life. Give it back to him. Because there is a day coming where Jesus will return. And you'll present your life to him. And you will either have done nothing. Or you will have given him the best that you could possibly give. Well done, my good and faithful servant. God has instilled in every single person in this room his Holy Spirit. If you have Jesus in your life, you have, you have the greatest gift ever. You have the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit comes power. With the Holy Spirit comes, comes authority. With the Holy Spirit comes sanctification. Comes forgiveness, comes kindness, comes love. You have, you have so much more than some of you think that you have. You have so much more to offer God. There's people in the room this morning who have a talent that can be easily turned into a ministry, but you haven't said anything. You haven't said anything. And if you're you're waiting for your pastor to ask you, I don't know everything. I'm just a dude. I can't even keep my hair. If, If you have something to give, give it. Speak up. Say, Pastor, the Lord has given me the gift of of singing. And if you tell me that, I'm going to start praying and interceding that it is true, okay? But give God the best that you have to give because he deserves it. Does my God not deserve great and wonderful? Does he not deserve great and wonderful from you? I want you to stand with me this morning. And I just want to challenge you today to begin. Maybe you haven't done it yet, but begin today. Today, begin, start now. Make that commitment. I am going to give God my absolute best because he is the absolute best. Your life is is to be, Romans 12 says, a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, but it doesn't just stop there. A living sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Please God in the way that you take care of your family. Please God in the way that you handle your relationships. Please God in the way that you that you navigate through your ministry, that uh, in the way that you do your religion, in the way that you manage your finances. Please God with your life because he deserves the best of the best. Pray with me this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, my God, because you've given us so much more than we deserve, Lord. You've given me so much more than I would ever deserve, my God, and you've given it freely. And I pray that you would help us, Father God. I pray that you would strengthen your people, Lord, to give you the absolute best that we can give, my God, even in the weakness, even in the struggle, Father God, even in the things that we're not good at, Father God. I pray that we find something to present to you as an offering. I pray that our lives would be excellent until you, my God. I pray that we would get to the end, my God, and you would say, well done, my good and faithful servants. are deserving 
of every praise offering. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.